Marim, Daf Vav Amud Aleph, and Daf Zayin Amud Aleph. The transformational power of words. Yesh Yad Litzdaka or Ein Yad Litzdaka. We continue in the section that deals with Yadot. Uh, yadot are those statements of Neder that are incomplete. There are words uttered, but they're incomplete words. One doesn't articulate the formula. And this is part of the whole discussion that we're having at the moment. To what degree is the area of Nedarim, of vows and oaths, governed by formulas that have to be said in, in detail? Um, a, a little bit like uh, in, when it comes to laws of Brachot and Tefillah, where the Chachamim were metaken, they legislated particular formulas uh, by which to say a bracha. You can't just make up your own bracha. And if one doesn't use the correct formula, it doesn't help that you had good intention. It's not really a bracha. Does the same apply by a neder? Uh, does there have to be a, a formula? And to what degree does that formula have to be added? And we see in the concept of yadot that we don't really have to say a whole formula for sure. We can say a partial formula. The, the Rosh said in the beginning of Nadarim that although that, that is the case, it, it's as if you've said the whole thing. So it's not just that you can say a small part of the formula. The Rosh said, says we regard the part that you said as if you said the whole. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that a little later on. The idea that um, you do have to say a formula according to the Rosh, it would seem, uh, But if you didn't say the formula in full, we consider it as if you did say it in full. And that's the idea of, of Yadot. And today we're going to go a little bit further into this idea of Yadot, of a partial statement, a statement that is incomplete when it comes to the principles of Neder. Uh, we've learned a lot about the power of words and that they can create ideas and create obligations like Nedarim. Uh, that we can make an undertaking, a promise, and that those are then binding. Uh, and in, in Jewish practice, in the Torah, you don't have to make a neder in a binding form with a, with a full, uh, from an ethical point of view, from a moral point of view at least, with a full uh, formula. If you just say that you intend to do something, that, that is binding. That's why we always say, Bli neder. I'm saying this, but I'm not making a neder. Or Emir Hashem, if Hashem helps me, I'm saying this, we, we try to indicate when we make undertakings that they are not Nidarim because Stam, an ordinary generic undertaking, is to some degree already a Nidar. So we know that words can create obligations. We know that words can change the status of a person. A Nazir can change his status. A person who becomes a Nazir changes his or her status. In Kiddushin, with words and a Kenyan, we're able to change the status of A woman, a get, changes the status of a married woman. But can our words affect the objective world around us? Can what we say affect the things around us? Although we can't see the effect, uh, do they cause some actual change in the spiritual, at least the spiritual makeup of an object? We know, for example, that one of the categories of the Dorim is Nedra Hektish, that you can make a Nedra that attaches a particular object to the ownership of the temple of the Beit HaMikdash, or makes a particular object fit for a korban, an, an animal, fit to be brought as a korban. Um, and there we see there seems to be some changing of the status of the object. Can a regular Nedra affect an object, and if so, how? So here we turn to, to two psukim. There's one in Parshat Kitete, where we're told, va'asita, do what you say. When something comes out of your mouth, fulfill it. 
uh, as when you have made a neder to Hashem, or you've undertaken uh, to bring a sacrifice, even when you're not obligated to bring, these things are obligatory once you've made that undertaking and have to be fulfilled. And in Parashat Vayakel, we talk about that everybody came to give donations to the Beit HaMikdash. So there we've got that sense of hectic, of taking something ordinary and giving it ownership of to the uh, giving its ownership to the Beit HaMikdash and therefore transforming the halachot that apply to it. It's no longer an ordinary object. It's an object of hectic. And there's a whole set of halachot that now apply to it. And that's called Nadiv Lev, anybody whose heart um, promotes them and motivates them to want to do that. Now, looking at our Gemara, there are actually two pieces. The one is on Dafav and the one is on today's Daf Daf Zion. The first one is the Gemara brings a brisa that says if a person just says Harezu Khatat, Harezu Asham, in a situation where he's not Chayev, a person is not obligated to bring a sin offering, but he says, This is a sin offering. Uh, and he doesn't say it's my sin offering, it's a sin offering in, because I. I uh, I am obligated to bring us an offering. I did something wrong. Even if he is obligated to bring one because he did do something wrong, but he didn't say the full formula needed to make this animal a korban chatat, lo amar klum, he didn't say anything at all. And the Gemara goes on to discuss that in, in some detail, unless he actually says, Arezu chatati. this is my sin offering for the sin that I committed. Then, then it takes effect. But just to say it partially doesn't work, from which the Gemara wants to prove that there is, we don't use Yadot in this case. There is, he has said part of the formula, but not the full formula. And we see the Bryce says that's not good enough. We also need a Gemara in Shavuot, where the Gemara says, Shavuot, by the way, is a different Masechta in a different Seder, the Seder Nezikin, that deals with Shavuot, which is also an oath or a vow. The difference between a shvu'ah and a neder is a shvu'ah, I take something upon myself. I will do such and such. I will go and visit so-and-so tomorrow. And I say it in the, in the language of a shvu'ah. That creates an obligation on me to do something. A neder changes, it would seem, the status of the object. It creates a different set of halachot on the object. If I say uh, this particular object uh, is a neder to me, I will not benefit from it. Um, I'm actually placing my neder, so to say, on the object, not on the subject. And there are differences, there are lachic differences between them. So in Masech Shavuot, the Gemara says from the Posek that we learned, Mutsas fatecha tishmor vasita, you must fulfill anything that comes out of your mouth. Does that mean, asks the Gemara, that you actually have to articulate it and say the words? Gamar how do I know that? Even if you made a a decision in your mind, you committed yourself in your mind, but you didn't articulate it verbally, you are still chayev, you're still obligated, because kol nadiv leiv, it says everybody whose heart motivated them to bring something for the Beit HaMikdash. So we learn from that, that even a desire in the heart, a commitment in the mind, is enough to create an obligation. And therefore the Shittim Kubetzet brings in the name of uh, the... Uh, uh, Rebeleza Mimitz is also one of the Balei Tosfot. He was a Talmud of Rabbeinu Tam, so we're going back to the uh, second half of the 12th century, and known for the Sefer Yireim, which he wrote and quoted a lot and, and used a lot in Halakha. And the Shittim Ukubetzet brings a, a question of the Rebeleza Mimitz, who says, if a Korban 
has to be brought, even if you only thought it in your mind, as the Gemara says in Shavuot, you didn't even say anything, you only thought it in your mind. Why are we even discussing Yadot? Why are we even discussing whether if a person says, I raise chatat, this is a, a sin offering, but you didn't say my sin offering, you didn't use the proper formula, uh, it isn't a chatat, it doesn't work. Ask Rebilezim Emitz, who cares what he said? He had in his heart, he knew what he wanted to bring. Surely that's enough to obligate him. And he asks a similar question on Daf Zayin, where the Gemara goes into the question of tzedakah. Tzedakah is another area of neder. A person makes an undertaking to give tzedakah, or as the Gemara says there, he says, Hadein nami. person says, this zuz is for tzedakah, and he says, and this zuz as well, but he doesn't spe- specify does he really mean that the second zuz should also go to Tzedakah? Was he, did he have something else in his mind? Um, and the Gemara goes into that to discuss, is there a yad for Tzedakah? When you give Tzedakah and you say it partially, you don't actually articulate that I want this dollar note to be given to Tzedakah, or I want this hundred dollars to be given to Tzedakah. If you don't actually articulate it, is it binding? Is that a kind of an edit? Uh, because it's a yad, it's a partial articulation. Or do we say, any yad li No, in tzedakah, you've got to actually say it in full. Otherwise, it doesn't count in tzedakah. And once again, uh, Rebeleza Mimit says, why are we talking about whether you said it in full or you didn't? Uh, in tzedakah as well, surely it's governed by kol nadiv lev, that anybody whose heart in, intends, the, intends it as tzedakah, that should be sufficient. And we have an even better articulated question, a very similar question. Strangely, he doesn't mention the Sefer Yireim, but the Avnei Nezer, Avnei Nezer was the founder of the Sochachev Chasidus in the 19th century. He was a Talmud of the Kotzke Rebbe, wrote some very important halachics for him. Uh, the Avnei Nezer is one, which is a set of Shalas and Shuvas. The Igle Tal is a Sefer that he wrote on Ilchot Shabbat, which is a classic and something that 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 is used. A lot of the Bishnah Brewer is based on the on the Igle Tal and other works of Shabbat. It's an incredibly important work in the on the Melachot of Shabbat. Uh, so the Avnei Nezer um, asks a similar question, uh, also on the in the area of tzedakah. Surely it's enough just to have in mind, and he answers something very foundational based on a Rambam. He answers the had the kol nadiv leiv a lot. It's true that by merely making an undertaking in your mind, you are obligated. You have a moral obligation, you have a halachic obligation. If you've said, I'm going to give $100 to tzedakah, you are obligated to do that even if you didn't mention anything. But that's an obligation on you, something like a shvu'ah. You have said that you will do it, so you are obligated. But there's no specific set of halachot that are attached to a specific $100 bill or to, or to anything, any such object, that is only, but that's, that is only if you articulated it. So the Avnei teaches us that for obligate, you can create obligation with a thought. You don't need a mind for that. Merely thinking about it can create obligation. But to actually change the status of an object and apply a new set of halachot to that object, such as to make it a korban, to make it tzedakah. That's why the Gemara is talking about a case of where he says, Hariz, uh, uh, that this particular zuz um, is, is for tzedakah. He says, um, We're talking about a person who wants to attach hilchot tzedakah 
to an object. He wants to change the status of an object to an object that has, has um, different halachot. The object becomes an object of tzedakah. For that, you have to actually articulate. To have physical impact on a physical object, you must articulate physical words. But if you want to create an obligation on yourself, a moral and halakhic obligation on yourself, that can be done with a thought alone. And we see that in the Rambam, uh, where the Rambam says in, in Maaseh Korbanot, when it comes to Nedarim and Davot, Nedavot, you are obligated, even if you didn't mention anything, if you just decided in your mind, you decided in your mind, this is a Korban Ola, I'm going to bring an Ola. You have to bring the Ola, you have to do that, you've created an obligation. So you see from the Gemara and Shavuot, that mere decision in one's mind obligates one to bring. Um, but but you see from there, says the Avne Nezer, it's an obligation to bring. It doesn't immediately attach the halachot to the, to the object itself. And one of the differences would be, the Avne Nezer explains, if a man made such an obligation, a man said, uh, I want to give uh, $100 to tzedakah, um, or he had that in his mind, uh, there's obviously no obligation on the part of his heirs. If he were to die before he fulfilled his promise, his heirs don't have to fulfill that promise. There's not even a moral obligation on them to do it because that was his own personal obligation. But if a man using words says this object is for the Beit HaMikdash or this money, this, these coins or this $100 bill is for Tzedakah, then even if the man dies before he's actually able to hand it over to the temple or to the or to tzedakah, the heirs would be obligated to do so because the halachot are attached to the object and not to the person. And so we see in our relationship with objects, we can impact objects, we can affect objects. Uh, There's the famous Mesilat Yesharim, uh, Moshe Chaim Lutzato, at the end of the Mesilat Yesharim, we talks about the fact that a person who is a kadosh, a person who's kadosh bedarchehem with a chol maasehem, a person who is holy and sanctified in their ways and in everything they do. They are absolutely like a Beis HaMikdash and like a Mizbeach because the Shekhinah rests upon them. Just as it was on the, on the Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, if one brings a gift to a person who is a Kadosh, and here I always feel I've got such an advantage over so many people today because I've seen Kedoshim. I've been close to Kedoshim. I've seen what it is for an, a human being to be as the Messiah Shishorim describes it. Kedoshim bedarchehem uvechol maasehem. I've seen it with Rebel Yelopian. I've seen it with Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz. I've seen it with Reb Chaim Shmuel Lopian. I've seen it with Reb Meir Soloveitchik. People who are just totally 100% uh, these are true Talmidei Chachamim. When we talk about the Talmid Chacham, we're talking about somebody who is Kedoshim B'dachehem. And when such a person even eats an, something or makes use of an object, Ke'ilu Nikrav Al-Gabi HaMizbeach Mamash. It's as if it's brought as a sacrifice. So although we can't bring sacrifices today, there are things we can do. When we give Tzedakah, that's a form. We see that there's a, a connection. The Gemara talks about the Hekesh. And we've talked about what a hekesh is, the connection in the Torah 
between the idea of a korban and the idea of tzedakah. They're very closely connected. So when you elevate an object to tzedakah, that object acquires a certain level of kedusha. If you say it with your mouth and you hand it over to tzedakah, there, there is kedusha attached to that object in, in a way similar to giving it as a, as a korban. And the same when a talmid chacham, who is a kadosh, a holy person in every part of his life, makes use of a physical object, he is also elevating that, that physical object. So powerful is the human being, so powerful are the power of words that we can not only create obligations for ourselves, but we can attach new sets of halakha and therefore new standards of kedusha to the objective world in which we live. Thank you.